Hey everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pros, and this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. I have a very special guest with me here today. He is Inc. Magazine's once recognized him on the top 30 entrepreneurs under 30. He is a sports marketing guru, American Advertising Federation trendsetter, LinkedIn marketing influencer. I'm sure many of you have seen his, his amazing content. He's a motivational speaker, top relationship builder, and was the CEO, COO, and CMO at Steiner Sports, and is now the CEO of CoolCal Marketing. This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Please welcome Kelvin Joseph. Kelvin, I appreciate you being here with me today, man. I, I, I know you're very, very busy, and thanks for the time to uh, talk with me. Oh, let's do this. I'm so happy that you asked me to come on the podcast. I love what you do. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I know this is uh, I know you have a lot probably going on today, right? So this is a good kickstart to your day. <laughs> yeah, it's Oscar weekend in LA. I'm out here supporting some of my, my clients. Um, one of my clients is getting a major award after the Oscars. And I'm out here doing some amazing marketing and PR. So this is a kickstart to the day. It's about 7 a.m. in LA. And I'm ready to go. Sweet. Sounds good, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. So so just to kind of kick things off, um, Kelvin, give us a little background on, on your story and essentially how you got to where you are today um, in, in just your, in your career and, and even in life. Well, the reality is, is that I come from real humble beginnings. I'm the first person in my family born in this country. My wife, my, my mom um, flew over to this country with me in her stomach from the Spice Island of Grenada. I wasn't even, I wasn't even born in a hospital. I was, I was born in my, my, my grandfather's uh, bathroom. We didn't even make it to the hospital. But real humble beginnings. And the reality is, is that when I went to, to college, I couldn't just major in marketing or I had to major in like a, a major that could definitely get me a job. So I started off, I majored in accounting. Um, that was uh, mm -hmm. the major I chose in college. And I met a lot of great people and made a lot of great connections. There was an organization called Inroads that helps talented minorities um, get prepared for community leadership and roles in corporate America. And they helped me get a, a job at EY, one of the largest accounting firms in the world, when I was 19 years old. And that's where I built my foundation. And the funny thing was, is that I'm at one of the largest accounting firms in the world. I'm a, a CPA at, at, at 21 years old. And I actually uh, was there for a few years and built my foundation. But people thought I was crazy. People thought I was crazy when I left. Because I left that role to become a shoe salesman. <laughs> you in a role at the uh, one of the largest accounting firms in the world to become a shoe salesman. But the reality is, is that my wife and I, we took $10,000 and we built Samantha Shoes, which is focused on helping women um, that love shoes, but wear larger sizes. There's no shoes for women if 
their, their shoe sizes above a size 10. So, so we took the $10,000 and built it into a multi-million dollar business. And that's when um, I didn't look so silly at that time because I was on Inc. Magazine 30 Under 30 the same year as Mark Zuckerberg. He was number four. Wow. My wife wow. was number 25 and I was number 26. So that was me in my 20s, just, just coming out the gate, crushing it, taking big risk, leaving a safe opportunity, one of the largest accounting firms in the world, to just go out and um, start up, do a startup and, and really um, pursue a passion. So the reality is, though, lessons learned is that in 2008 and 2009, uh, banks were going out of business. So, so it really affected the entire retail landscape. Uh, I had a huge contract with Amazon. And then Amazon bought Zappos. And my contract wasn't renewed. So I went from getting like a $100,000 purchase order every month to like zero. And then all the independent um, retailers went out of business. You, I mean, you can't find a shoe store anymore. Like even department stores, you could they're being bought and sold just for their real estate now. So right. the retail landscape has changed tremendously. So, so I had to run back to corporate America. I didn't get a bailout, you know? So I ran back to corporate America and I, I, I ran strategy at, at Saks Fifth Avenue and I, I built financial if infrastructure for Gilt Group. And then I spent the last nine years um, as a CMO and COO at, at the largest sports marketing uh, company in the world, uh, as well as um, Steiner Sports is owned by Omnicom. Which is the largest marketing and advertising conglomerate in the world. So the reality is now, at Cool Cal Marketing, I, I, I'm not afraid anymore. Like when 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 things got rough for my startup, I ran and hid in corporate America because I was afraid. Nobody was sending me any bailout money. It was, I had to deal with all the issues that some bigger companies didn't have to deal with. So now at Cool Cal Marketing, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm helping CEOs. Um, grow their sales and build their businesses, and using all my lessons learned from being an entrepreneur and being um, in corporate America, and I'm helping CEOs grow their sales without fear. I love it. That's great. And how did you end up at Steiner Sports from your previous job? Well, I had mentioned that I was doing. I did some um, strategy for Saks Fifth Avenue, which is a nice way of saying. Right. Okay. I, it's a nice way of saying I was redoing some reorganization. I would go around and fly around and fire people and um, make sure the business was efficiently making profit and things of that nature. And then I didn't really like that because it was kind of negative because when I came around, people people lost their jobs. And I was, I was more of an efficiency expert, so to speak. Um, so I had left Saks and... I had went to Guilt Group and I was like, okay, this is a startup. Um, you know, the company went from like zero to a hundred million really, really quickly. And the reality of it is I didn't like working 80 hours a week at a startup that wasn't my own startup. Right? If I'm going to work 80, a hundred hours a week, I need to be doing that for myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> An opportunity came up where 
Steiner Sports actually needed someone to do what I did at Saxon Avenue, which is come in, take over their um, various departments, uh, starting with the accounting, finance department, then operations, then sales, and just um, reorganize the entire company. So I came in initially in the accounting department, and then I rose through the ranks um, first to CFO, and, and then I was the CMO and COO there. So it was a really great experience. And um, I think the reality of it is for those that are listening, it's important to be really good at what you do. So you have more choices, more options, because you could you could have a dream job, but the dream won't become a reality if if you're not sought after, if you're not wanted. I mean, you could want them, but they might not want you. Right. So, so I guess the, the, the key thing I would say is for me, you know, I I put God first in my life and I'm a family man and my career is actually a distant third, but I'm really good. That's amazing to hear. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. That's uh, I think that's going to inspire a lot of people that that hear um this episode and i i really um i really hope it does so so just with all your experience calvin you know you're you're a, a, an amazing salesman obviously you're an amazing marketer you're a cmo for a large company you're pretty much uh, wearing a probably wearing a, a lot of hats now um at, at your own at your own company um so with your sales experience and marketing experience how do you combine both of those to achieve your business goals? How do you combine your marketing and sales tactics to achieve goals? Because, you know, it's like sale, people get confused with sales and marketing. You know, I, I, I know they're obviously different. That's why they're one sales and one's marketing, right? But they both tie in. They both work together. So how, how do you leverage both of your skills to achieve goals for your company now? Well, I've learned that CEOs are obsessed with business outcomes and they're obsessed with growing uh, the organizations. And a lot of marketers miss that point and get off a task, so to speak. Uh, I think that you would be surprised, but I know exactly why. CMOs are getting fired like every 18 to 24 months because they're not tying their marketing to business outcomes. And what happens to the advertising agency or marketing agency hired by the CMO? Well, if the CMO gets fired, you have marketing and advertising agencies looking for new clients every two years. So there's a lot of waste and efficiency when you're the top marketing person is getting fired or leaving because they see the writing on the wall, and then the agency's out. So there's a lot of disruption in the world today. But my take on it is this. If the decision makers, CEOs are obsessed with business outcomes, I focus on delivering those outcomes. I mean, if they want to grow their sales, then there are some marketing tactics that you have to put in play in order to increase sales. So... You need to connect those dots. That's the most important thing that I do because most of us are in a relationship. People need to know us, so that's awareness. They need to like us, and then they need to trust us, 
And then maybe they might buy something. And some people try to skip that process of awareness, ability, trust. And marketing can really help with that. But we need to connect those dots after we develop that brand awareness. I call it the cool. It's like your company needs to be cool. And people are like, what are you talking about cool? Like, listen, I think business is more like high school than it's like college. In college, it's like, listen, I, I need to get some good grades. I need to get an internship so I can have a good resume so I can get a job, right? Business, it's more like high school where it's like, Listen, I want to be cool so I can, um, so all, so I can have a shot at, 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 the, at the pretty girls and, and I can have a lot of friends and have a lot of fun. That's more like what high school is like. So I think the connection between that is in the business world, when you're trying to reach out to companies or you want to be that hot brand that people love, you need to think back to high school. It, it wasn't based upon only just merit. Um, the cool kids, so to speak, it was based upon something that's hard to put a finger on. It's not corny, but it's it's something that's authentic, that's real. But at, at the same time, you have to have something about you that's unique. Your brand needs to be unique, that draws people. So you're not chasing after people. And I think that's the key thing where marketing and sales can connect where you build that cool, you build that thing about you that draws people. And some companies skip that part and try to go straight to sales and they lose. That's, I, I, I think you just made my day, Kelvin, with, with saying all that, because I'll tell you that I've heard, uh, um, I've, I've interviewed some, some just outstanding, phenomenal people on this show. Um, and I've noticed that you know, and, and you know they're all super successful, just like yourself. And I've noticed that the the most successful people they've they've said very similar things to you. They've said that they when they're building not just their personal brand but their company brand. The, the, you know, they said that a lot of it is about generating this recognition, this awareness, this trust with their audience, um, with the with various communities, um, and. When they do that, when they're building relationships, right? Um, the there's a lot of like an outcome for let's say say let's just say a business outcome would be to generate a lead, a prospect, right? Someone who's interested in potentially buying from you. So these people that are potential buyers, they're coming to you because they trust you. You're you, you're Kelvin. They they like your content. They like what you represent. They like your message. It's authentic. It's real. It's raw. Uh, and they see okay, you work. At, you're the CEO of Cool Cal Marketing. Perfect. Like I like this guy. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm interested in doing marketing for my company. Let me reach out to him and see see what can happen here. You know, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people miss is that when they're building. And I talk to a lot of different startups as well. And and they're all about. Tr they're trying to reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out. Cold call, cold email. You know, they're always reaching out. And a lot of that stuff doesn't work. Um, and it's because you're trying, it's outbound. You're trying to get them to buy it. You're trying to sell them and you're trying to get them to buy on the wrong time, on the, on the wrong dime. Um, and, and it's not authentic instead of building a brand. Um, and you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talk, Gary Vaynerchuk talk, talks about this all the time as well Is that you're, it's, you want to create this inbound process and it seems like that's what you're doing and that's what you're about. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, the reality of it is, is this, is that it's easier to build trust 
um, when someone's coming to you based on a referral, based on reading your content and social media versus you chasing them and saying, hi, my name is Kelvin from Cool Cal Marketing. Do you want me to help you grow your sales? I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> and you would never do that in high school. You wouldn't go up to the pretty girl and say, hi, um, my name's Kelvin. I really think you're, you're pretty. Um, will you go out to the, the prom with me? I mean, it wouldn't work like that. You would you would work through all kind of back channels to get to get noticed, and and, and you would you would build. You wouldn't just go for the kill right away. Yeah, that's so yeah. so true. So, with all that being said, Calvin, like I see you're you know you're incredibly connected. You know, we connected on LinkedIn. And do you have any tips that worked for you in terms of building and nurturing relationships the right way? Because you know, business a lot of it is about relationships. So, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we're all in the relationship business, and I think that you have to decide if you're a taker or if you're a giver in a relationship. And I think if you give, 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 you'll never need and you'll never want anything. Because the reality for me is um, when I help someone or I offer some advice or I try to put content out there on social media that's actually valuable to the people listening to it, not just some in, some unauthentic sales material where I'm trying to trick them into liking me. I get them to actually like me by helping them. So the reality for me is this. I've built a lot of relationships, and I think that uh, it's not a numbers game because, you know, I don't have a huge connections, but it's almost like I'm connected to about... 37,000 people. I think on LinkedIn, a, a good um, connection account has about 2,000. So 37,000 is pretty good. Oh, yeah. My secondary, my secondary reach is 50 million people because I've connected with 37,000, right, the right 37,000 people. My secondary connection is 50 million people. So, so it's not just a numbers game. But it is a numbers game to 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 the extent possible. If you have quality, you don't need to just be just getting numbers for the sake of numbers. So the reality for me is the people that follow me on LinkedIn, they're feeling me. And that's what matters. You know, it could be it was a thousand people would be pretty good. You got to start somewhere because I can't even handle a thousand customers. So I definitely can't handle thirty seven thousand. So. So it, it is an amazing um, thing that I'm very proud of. But when you want to connect with people, sometimes it seems to be unauthentic. If you say uh, something like, hi, you know, my name is Kelvin. Can I pick your brain? I don't want my brain to be picked. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I want to start a relationship. I, I don't trust you. You're saying... I know you really want something, and you're, instead of asking for what you actually want, you're asking to pick my brain. Like, I don't want my brain picked. So the reality of it is this, you gotta come into the situation, not from scarcity, but you need to come from a position of abundance and just say, listen, hey, hey, Kelvin, um, you know, I have this uh, podcast, and it's gonna be really cool for you to come on this podcast, and you know, this is how it's going to be cool for you. You know, at the end of the day, that's, that is cool. I, I want people to, to, to start giving first 
And maybe you won't get anything back in return. But the reality is, is this, is that there's a happiness that comes with giving. But on top of that, if you play the numbers game and every day I'm giving to 50 people every day and I only need one of those people to reciprocate, then I'm not so thirsty and transactional in my relationships. My relationships are deep and they are authentic. And th- do you think that a lot of the relationships you've built, have they, were they built from, uh, were they built a lot, you know, via digital, like, like LinkedIn or were they, were they actually face to face? Cause I know you were, you, you were dealing with, you know, in your past, um, in your past job, you were dealing with a lot of um, athletes. So you probably met, met with them, right? You sat down with them. Do you think it's, it's, what, what are your thoughts on connect, <clears throat> connecting with people like on LinkedIn, for example, LinkedIn is a platform we both use probably daily. So with LinkedIn, for example, is it better to connect with them via LinkedIn first, or is it good to, to find a way to sit down with them? What are your, kind of your thoughts on that? Or you think there's a, there's a process for that? Well, for me personally, I spent a lot of time standing next to uh, doing an event series for big corporations across the country where I would meet a lot of CEOs and decision makers because I was standing next to Magic Johnson. I was standing next to Peter for 10 years. So um, people became aware of me because I was in those high profile situations. But I think the reality is, is that if I go and speak at a conference, like for example, I spoke at a conference for a division of Oracle and um, uh, NetSuite, and there was 10,000 people in the room. So <laughs> I told those 10,000 people, hey, connect with me on LinkedIn. And then like immediately, everybody didn't do it, but I got like a thousand people that did. So like I got a thousand new connections that day. I knew everybody in that room was a decision maker that, you know, that was in that room for a particular reason. So in that situation, I didn't necessarily meet all those people personally, but I spoke in front of them. But for people that are on LinkedIn and you might not know anyone, um, there's definitely uh, networking events uh, across the country that people can attend to know people. The best thing for you to also understand is that usually decision makers don't go to networking events <laughs> because people that are at networking events are usually people that are in sales, um, that are trying to sell something or, or build their brand up. Big wigs, they don't go to networking events. They only go places where they, they're on the agenda, they're speaking. Um, they, they don't leave their house unless there's a check attached to it. So, so that's the reality. If you want to meet some of the big fish in the world, you almost have to um, be humble. And what I usually would do is you can just start liking their stuff and commenting on their stuff on LinkedIn. And then maybe they'll get to notice you after a while. So there's a lot of ways to do it. And sometimes we aim too high. One of my biggest regrets um, was that when I left college, I didn't build a lot of relationships with my peer group because I was always looking to build relationships with the VP of the company or the CEO of the company. But now, now my peer group are in their forties and they're the ones running things. So some people don't realize that if, if you're leaving a, a university, 
you should make friends with the people that went to school with you or the people that went to school a year after you or a year before you. And that could be a way to build there. That's great. And I saw, I, you know, actually, when you talk about talking on stage, I think it was the Oracle NetSuite uh, conference. Uh, I saw you, you have this motto I, I really, really love. And you mentioned people don't like to be sold to, but they love to buy. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, I think I stole that from someone. I don't know. If <laughs> well, nonetheless, I love it. <laughs> I got some other models that I'll share with you. But Perfect. I, but the one there is um, a situation where you ever go into a store and some, they're like, hey, hey, can I help you? Can I help you? No, no, I don't want you to help me. It's like people don't like that. Um, but so here's the thing. You almost want to make it their idea that they want to buy from you um, by doing a good job with the branding and the marketing and actually providing a tremendous value where it would be their honor to buy your goods and services. So think about it like this. So like, as soon as I landed here in L.A., before I even checked into my hotel room, I went to In-N-Out Burger. I don't know why I went to In-N-Out Burger. All I know is I heard about In-N-Out Burger from various places, and I couldn't stop thinking about it on the plane. And must have done some really good branding and marketing. I mean, the, the cheeseburger was unbelievable. But, I mean, I literally came from New York to L.A., and the first thing I did was go to In-N-Out Burger. So this is an example of you want people to come to you. Um, if they would have waited for me to get to my hotel and send me a coupon, I probably wouldn't have made me jump in an Uber to go pick up fast food. That's the reality of, of business, especially if in, in the B2B business, you want to have people drawn to you so that they are eager to buy from you instead of you chasing them to sell to them. Yeah. And and with that being said, like, how do you leverage? I mean, I know, like we talked about a little bit, we talked about uh, LinkedIn a little bit earlier. So, I, you know, I see your content on, on LinkedIn and, and by the way, Calvin, you seem like a really, um, really happy guy. Like when I see you, your videos, it's always like, you're always like this cheerful man. This, <laughs> there's always this happiness. Like you have this smile and it's really good because you see people so serious in their videos and they're always, you know, and, and I know there's always an intention behind these videos that you see on LinkedIn, right? I'm sure you see it all the time, right? There's always like, they try to be real and authentic, but then, you're like, all right, there's something behind this. I know it's like, why are they, why are they talking about this? There's a, you know what I mean? And that's why, that's why sometimes having a good message is hard. It's that you have to do it in a way that really comes from your heart. Like you really mean it to help people. Right. But you know, like how do you leverage LinkedIn and some of the other digital platforms that you might use to brand yourself and your company properly to achieve results? Like how, what's your method? What, what do you, what do you? How do you leverage it the right way? Um, any any tips that you can that you can give to, to others? Well, you need to engage on LinkedIn. I mean, the reality is this: if you're in a situation where you have a thousand people that are connected to you and following you, hey, start looking at their content, start liking their content, uh, commenting on the, on their content. Uh, if someone if you, let's say you put out a post and it, you, you don't think it got enough likes, but there was like three people that commented on your post. 
Those three people are really feeling you. You need to make sure you reply to their comment and, and, and definitely uh, engage with the people engaging with you. Some people don't even respond to the messages they're getting. and They just want to get bigger numbers. What do you want bigger numbers for? You can't even handle the numbers you have. So it's like you need to cultivate and engage. I respond to every person that direct messages me. I reply to every comment that someone makes on my content. And it takes a while to do it. And I make sure and I, and I show the people the respect and I actually care. And I don't care because I'm a good guy. I care because it is good business to care. I mean, it feels better too because I mean, I do all this stuff because it brings me happiness. You know, isn't that what everybody wants? The happiness that comes with giving for me. So I do it because it makes me happy. I don't do it because uh, I'm a great guy or 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 even for the business purposes of it. All I know is that it feels really good and I love doing it. And it feels more like uh, fun than work. And do you ever use Twitter or Facebook? Do you ever use any of those platforms or even Instagram? Or you think they're kind of they're – not, they're not as good for – um, for um, reaching your audience and like in regards to like what you do, you, you think obviously every single platform has a different purpose, right? Has a different audience, um, and some are more cluttered than others. Um, you know, I personally love LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is is amazing. It's starting to get a little bit cluttered, but but um, Instagram and and Twitter seem to be. I don't know. I just have my my thoughts and opinions on that. But do, do you ever use any other any other platforms to help you? I, I didn't uh, I was going to apply to the, the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm the person with the largest uh, LinkedIn account that doesn't have any other social media account at all. So I'm going <laughs> to apply to the Guinness Book um, of World Records. I, I'm not against other social media. I'm probably going to um, open up a YouTube channel soon and uh, I'm relaunching my wife's business, so I'm probably going to start doing some on Instagram. But the reality for me has been that uh, I don't really, how do I say it? There's so much junk on, on Facebook and, and things of that nature. Like, I'm, I'm a businessman, a family man, a spiritual man. I don't have time for all of that. So I've been focusing on LinkedIn, um, and it does take an incredible amount of time. Um, so I, I want to live my life in real life instead of in social media. So that's my personal choice. If you're trying to make money, uh, Instagram, Instagram is really low price attention right now. If you have a product type business, Instagram is amazing um, for that. Um, Facebook is, is, is tricky. You almost have to pay to play a little bit um, if you're trying to make money on Facebook. But, it, you know, people are making tons of money on there. So. For me, I'm more authentic on LinkedIn and the other social media channels, I would say I'm more of a, I would, I would, if I participated, I'd be more of a mercenary looking to make money who I am. Yeah. And, and do you, do you always have, like, when you provide, when you offer messages on LinkedIn, uh, like some videos, I know we talked a little bit about business outcomes earlier and, and, you know, for you, you're, you're. Um, you know, you were in charge of, of providing business outcomes for CEOs and, and things like that. Do you always, is there always an outcome from the content that you're putting out or 
you do you feel that to provide a good message you don't need to have an outcome you, know, you see what i'm trying to say so for example like when you when you have a message about you traveling to la for the oscars and you just really just just promoting yourself branding yourself getting your face on the internet getting getting you know and then talking a little bit about cool cal marketing but that's it not saying hey uh so guys can you can you please um you know my website's this like not having a call to action at the end of it do you think there should be some call to action or some type of outcome in the video of like in the video and from the video or do you think just provide the message and let people decide that's a great question and i think the answer is that you should want to leave you just use their time let's say you put out a one minute video if you're going to use one minute of my time you better be providing me with some value so at the end of one of my videos i want someone to think Oh, that was worth the time. Uh, that, that is an outcome that I want. I don't want them to say, oh, that video was um, silly or, or uh, a salesy or, or things of that nature. I want them to feel like they got real value for the time that they put in. Because if people are going to follow me, I want to make sure that I'm providing value. So there's a lot of people that want me to put out more content, and I will. I am going to put out more content. But I got to run a business, too. So it's almost like... It's like, I want to put out content because people are following the content. And if you don't put out content for them, then they'll stop following. So I want to make sure the content is valuable when I put it out there. And what I really want is for people to, to like me, to know about me, and, and, and to trust me. Um, and I think I could build that over time by being consistent. You know, consistency over time equals credibility. I think that's, I think that's great, great advice, uh, and, and that's that's a question I, I I had some uh, had some people, even some of my employees and some friend, uh, followers of the podcast asked me that question, and um, I wanted to to definitely try to get your insight and and pick your brain, quote unquote, pick your brain a little bit about that uh, the the right way. So thank thanks for sharing that. Um, so backtracking a little bit. Kelvin, you know, when you were at Steiner, I always wanted to ask you this. You you knew a lot of athletes. Like you, I'm sure you're friends with some of them. Who are really the coolest ones or the most inspirational ones that you that you knew or that you met? Some of the, the really like just amazing athletes that you're like, oh, this like for example, like Derek Jeter. Was he just? I mean, was he what people think? Is it? Are all these athletes like some of them? I'm sure are very humble, right? Well, I'll tell you this. I only want to talk about my favorites. And my favorite is, is Magic Johnson. I think that he's going to go down in history as a businessman. People are going to not, people might even forget that he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. They're going to remember him as a businessman, as a philanthropist, as an icon. He's, he's a mentor to me. Um, the way he approaches business, he's so much smarter than what people know. And he, I mean, he, he's done billion dollar deals and things of that nature, but man, if you ever get in a room to talk to this guy, his intelligence is off the charts. His instincts are off the charts. His, his, um, his intuition, I mean, the guy has it all, his, his magnetism. So Magic by far, my favorite. I consider him a mentor, and I think he's going to go down in history as a businessman versus one of the best basketball players in history. 
That's you got to help. You got to help me get him on the show. I would love to interview him. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's very busy. But um, that's cool, man. So, and and what is the uh, you know, with your with your current company, what's the the future look like for Cool Cal Marketing? Well, the interesting thing is that when I first started the company, I was planning for the worst case scenario, like okay. I'm leaving a, a huge salary to, to 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 become an entrepreneur again. And since this is my second startup, you know, I have done this before when when I made the big leap leaving a huge accounting firm to start the shoe company. So, you know, you could get a little bit afraid. So I was I was planning, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? But I didn't plan for a massive success. I didn't really understand that. Hundreds of people will be reaching out um, because they want to grow their sales. I, I didn't realize how popular the company would be. So I didn't really plan for success. Right now, I, I'm, I'm building a network of strategic partners, CEOs of other companies that are in the marketing um, space so that I could build a network where all the work that's coming in, I could share it with some of my friends and grow their businesses as well and keep the cool Kel stamp on the relationship, but also outsource some of um some of the nuts and bolts. For example, if someone, you know, if someone needs to rebrand their company and their website sucks, they might need a website guy. I'm not a website guy. So I need a, you know, I, need, I can't necessarily move forward with um, helping them grow their sales if every time someone goes to their website, they're turned off. So then I have to bring in a specialist to help with that. So I'm building my network. I'm building my friends. That's why I'm on this call as well. I'm trying to find friends like you that um, that we could build together. Amazing. And what's some of you know what's some of the best advice, Kevin, you received from someone else, just regarding business and life? Did you have any? I know you meant you mentioned uh, you know uh, Magic Johnson being a, a mentor of yours and and um, being a huge inspiration for you. What's some of just the best advice you receive from somebody regarding uh, business and or even life? Yeah, I mean, this is where I'll give you some of my sayings and some of my quotes that are meaningful to me. I really believe that uh, your humility needs to exceed your ability. And when your humility exceeds your ability, you're able to grow and people gravitate to you. You don't want to be a manager. You want to be a leader. And leadership is inspirational, okay? It's not positional. So at the end of the day, if you want to be an inspirational leader, you need to serve people instead of um, dictate and manage them. So I think that that's critical. I, I, I do believe that people lose the point of, of life. If, if, you're, if you want to be happy, uh, happiness should be your definition of success because the reality of it is is that there's millionaires and billionaires that I know that are not happy. And they actually are the ones that could tell you that every incremental dollar does not bring incremental happiness. Don't get me wrong. No one wants to be in a position where you can't pay your bills. But once you can pay your bills, the extra money does not bring you extra happiness. So guard your time wisely. And make sure you're doing things for the right reasons and that you know who you are and you know who you want to be when you grow up. Yeah, having having the, the right motive. I always talk about motives 
having the right motive is so important because your motive and your intentions is going to take you so far. Um, if you have the right motives, I believe nothing can stop you because if your motive is in the right place, it, it, you can overcome so many different obstacles and hurdles. And I think people can really resonate with that. Um, so just to kind of close things out, uh, Kelvin, you know, I was asked this, you, you did touch on it a little bit, but I was asked on, uh, something called the three hows in your own words, how do you essentially define failure? How do you define business and how do you define success? Well, when it comes to failure, a setback could be a setup for a comeback, right? So I, I think failure is when you don't even try. So my definition of failure is when you are so afraid to be authentic, to pursue your dreams that you don't even try. That is failure. When, I, when it comes to business, you know, how do I define business? Business is everywhere. And we're all in the relationship business. And businesses are based on relationships. If you're selling a product, yes, it's based on... I'm aware of you. If I like you, if I trust you, then maybe I'll buy. If you are um, selling B2B marketing services or B2B services, again, it's a relationship. I need to like you. I need to be aware of you. And I need to trust you. So business is about relationships. And again, happiness is success. And if your humility exceeds your ability, you know that happiness is success. And you can live your life in a way that you win. And I wish that for everyone that's listening to this podcast and definitely reach out to me uh, on LinkedIn. I, I want to give, give, give because in that situation, I'll never need or want anything. And I wish that for you as well. Really appreciate that, Kelvin. Thank, thanks a lot. And I hope people do reach out to you and connect with you. And, uh, you know, a lot of people already know who you are, but we're going to try to um, uh, even increase the reach even more. So, so thanks again, Kelvin, really appreciate it. And, uh, I know everyone can find you on LinkedIn, um, you know, Kelvin Joseph and, uh, what about your uh, website anywhere else, uh, people can reach you. Yeah. Um, you can reach me at coolkel.com. All K's K O O L K E L. Um, and look out for my YouTube channel coming Perfect. soon. Calvin, thank you so much, man. I, I, I'm, I'm very humbled for you uh, taking the time to, uh, to chat with me. Uh, and we look forward to, to connecting and, and growing our relationship together um, and our audience. So I'm truly grateful and I, I appreciate this opportunity. So thanks again for being on this podcast, sharing your story with us. I'm very thankful. And yeah, uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And this is your host, Michael Giorgio on Tales from the Pros. And until next time.